The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Once again, to King from the Radio, the official League Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. We are here live, virtually distanced, of course, for our 63rd live show, courtesy of the East Metal Public Library. That's www.eastmetal.info. And we are here with none other than L Man Jenny Feldy. And we lost L Man Jenny Feldy. <laughs> it's perfect timing. She'll be back with us shortly. But we're here with our special guest. We're going to talk him to, with, and about, which is awesome because he's here. It's a comic comic um, author, Louis M. Cruz. How are you doing? So as I mentioned, we're going to be talking to Louis in just a few minutes. But before we do, we're going to have to take it away with the news. It's morphin' time! News is brought to you in part by the fine folks of sci-fi.radio. That's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. As well as the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, which we are the official radio show of, celebrating over 27 years of comic bookness and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. The next convention, for those of you who are watching us on the YouTube page, as opposed to listening to us in the future, is this weekend, which is December 17th. This is the Big Apple Christmas Con, and they have, uh, I believe, the voice of Ash uh, from Pokemon, and they have Brian O'Hallahan from Clerks as their headliners. So if you're watching us on YouTube, and it's before the 12th, Go there. If not, you guys all missed out. And there we go. I think we got uh, L-Man Jane Feldy back. Hello. <laughs> there we go. Welcome back. So as we always do, we're going to... Oh, I have to mention our Patreons. Patreons. To give our shout-outs for our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous, Dresden Media, Unjikun, Shadow Rabbit Art, Yasmin Ray, Rosa, and the Huracan. If you want to get your own little shout-out, go to our website, www.camefranger.com. It's putting up on there. It'll take you right to our Patreon page. Just for $8 a month, you can get a shout-out on our show. We also have all the other stuff, but the big one is just to get a shout-out on our show. All right, so let's start off with the sad news, as we always do. And I have yeah. a nice bunch of sad news. I'm all caught up for this uh, this time. Um, for those of you who've been listening to the show, we've been kind of backlogged with them because people are dropping like flies. But we'll so much sad news, we have to split it between two shows. Three shows. We got it. We three, shows. three shows. Yeah. Oh my God. So we're all caught up. So let's let's just do, let me burn through these as quickly as possible. Um, wrestler and actress Ursula Hayden died recently of cancer. Uh, Ursula was perhaps best known for her character Babe, the farmer's daughter, on the original Glow in the late 80s. Uh, That time in the ring led her to being a series consultant for the Netflix series of the same name, which is a show about female wrestlers in the 80s. Um, While I was not a fan of the show Wrestling Per Se, I do remember an episode of Married with Children where she showed up and I was under the impression that he was going to wrestle one of those smaller ladies only to wind up in the ring with Big Bad Mama. Uh, hmm. which aired, ironically, as a side note, a little insight to Mark's world. Um, it aired on the same day, which was February 18, 1990, which was the same time that the death of the Incredible Hulk had aired. And uh, I remember I was a big conflict because I was a huge Hulk fan, 
and I was a huge Married with Children fan. And back then, you couldn't, you, know, you had to tape one on your VCR, or else you were just going to miss it. And I wound mm. up taping the Married with Children episode, and the Death of the Incredible Hulk was more profound. And I regret not taping the Death of the Incredible Hulk as opposed to the Married with Children episode. Were you a fan of uh, Glow there, uh, Lewis? No, not at all. Not a fan of Glow. What about you, Jen? Uh, the new Glow, yeah. The new oh, one on Netflix. Yeah, that yeah, was so cool. She was a uh, consultant tech because she was one of the original Glow ladies. How about that? Yeah, I'd love to see that. So hmm. she was uh, 56 years old. So moving Pretty on awesome. to some more sad news. Um, actor Robert Emick, Emmett McGrath also died recently from complications from a stroke. Uh, he was perhaps best known as Bob Johnson, or just plain Bob, on Sesame Street from 1969 to 2016 when he was fired from the show as they wanted to streamline the series after partnering with HBO. Of note, Robert was an accomplished children's author, having written Uh-Oh, Gotta Go, which has a potty training book, as well as Oops, Excuse Me, Please, which was a book on etiquette. He was 90. Um, everybody's seen Sesame Street at least once, yeah, uh, right? Of course. So he yeah. was Bob. Do you remember Bob, uh, Louis? Yes. And I, I was a big fan of Sesame Street as a kid. Oh, yeah? yeah. Was he your favorite guy? I always liked Gordon Lewis, and I had a crush on Maria. I think I ever had a crush on Maria. Yeah. No, I don't think I had a favorite guy. I had a favorite character, but not a guy. What was your favorite character? Uh, it was one of the puppets. Oh, okay. Uh, Big, Big Bird. About you, Which uh, is Jim? actually, you know that his feathers are made of turkey feathers, for real? And he's, I think he's a parakeet. He's supposed to be a parakeet. Really? He's supposed is. to be a parakeet? Yeah, I just found that out. I'm pretty sure he's a big parakeet with turkey feathers. They're dyed yellow, obviously. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah. So uh, he was 90 years old. Ooh, okay. Uh, still more sad news. Actress Kirstie Louise Alley also died recently of colon cancer, while appearing in a slew of movies and TV series such as <gasps> One More Chance, Blind Date, Summer School, Shoot the Kill, Madhouse, Village of the Damned, For Richard for Poor, Drop Dead Gorgeous, Highway Honey, I never saw that one, Sins of the Past, Bunny's Tale, North and South, Infidelity, Masquerade, Salem Witch Trials, While I Was Gone, Fat Actress, Dancing with the Stars, Christy, oh, Kirsty, uh, Celebrity Big Brother, and You Can't Take Away My Daughter, just to name a few, she is perhaps best known for her role as Rebecca Howe in 147 episodes of the NBC, NBC sitcom series Cheers, uh, the lead in the sitcom Veronica's Closet for 66 episodes from 1997 to 2000, uh, to 2000. Um, Molly Jensen in the Luke Who's Talking films, and of course that of Lieutenant Savick in the original Star Trek Part Two, The Wrath of Khan. Uh, she was 71. Uh, I remember her vividly. In all those roles. I wasn't a Cheers fan, but I remember her. But I remember her from um, Star Trek, the most, uh, the role of uh, Savick. Uh, did you guys see uh, Star Trek Part 2, Rafficon, by chance there, Luke? Yes. And how was, uh, did you uh, enjoy her performance? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah. fair enough. What about you there, L-Man? <laughs> you just, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I, I mean, I liked her more in tabloids and more of the things she said Absolutely. when she wasn't scripted. Uh, because I think there was a time where she was a little scandalous or she was, like, fighting with people or something. Yeah, she did uh, She did say some stuff. You know, like flipping out on set or something. I, I don't know. I think there was some blowouts. And mm-hmm. I, I thought that was interesting. I like all the stuff that's not scripted. So... Um, I guess uh, the things that Jen was uh, hinting at was that um, I remember at a time 
she was uh, akin to a civil shepherd that she was very difficult on set and she said a lot of stuff and she you know, would you know, refuse to come out of the trailer. But she was a good actress, in my opinion. You know, sometimes uh, that stuff happens and who knows what the truth actually was. But she did say a lot of things. And then when Twitter came out, she also said some very interesting things which you can go find if you wish. Oh, that I'd like to say. Yeah, she said some stuff. <laughs> she oh, said a lot of stuff. Okay. Um, so still more sad news. Uh, boxing referee, judge, and television personality Mills B. Lane uh, III also died recently from complications following a stroke. Uh, Mills was best known for having officiated several major heavyweight championship boxing matches in the 1970s, 80s, and 90s. Being the claymation referee for a celebrity death match from 1998 to 2002 and for starring in his own syndicated court show, Judge Mills Lane. Um, of note, Mills uh, suffered a... Duh, debilitating stroke in March of 2002 was left partially paralyzed and virtually unable to speak so while his character stayed on Celebrity Deathmatch uh, voice actor Chris Edgerly had to take over for the role uh, he was 85 uh, were you a Celebrity Deathmatch uh, fan there Lewis? No. not a Celebrity Deathmatch fan no. a Mills Lane fan? you know who Mills Lane is? I've heard of, of the person yeah but I've never he was the guy who was like, let's get it on. That was his that was his catchphrase. Like there was a ready rumble guy, which was uh yeah. like buffer. And then just, let's get it on was uh Mills Lane. And I know Jen, you were a fan of Celebrity Deathmatch, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It was super fun. I mean, I feel like at that time it was very inventive. You didn't see things like that nowadays. There's so much creative stuff out there, but but that was pretty groundbreaking to me. Yeah, and then uh like I said, he became a judge later on and uh he was giving out that uh, Mills Lane justice. It wasn't one of the better ones, I have to say, because I was a big fan of Judge Judy, but uh, he, he had one. Uh, so let's see. So final bit of sad news. We're finally caught up to the sad news. Um, actress Helen Slayton Hughes also died recently as of this recording, which is uh, December the 14th, 2022. No cause of death has been announced. Uh, while perhaps best known for her, no, for her role as playing Ethel Beavers in 11 episodes of Parks and Recreation, Helen also appeared in such films slash TV shows as Mafia on the Bounty, Shoot the Moon, Good Night, and Good Luck, I Want Someone to Eat Cheese With, that's an interesting title, uh, Crazy on the Outside, Veronica Mars, Invisible Mother, Curse of the Bridge Hollow, Malcolm in the Middle, and Burning Love, just name a few. Uh, she was 92 years old. Um, were you a fan of uh, Parks and Rec, there, Lewis? I've seen it. I've seen it. It was it was interesting, but i not a fan. I, I never could get into it. What about you, there, I mean, yeah, Parks and Rec? Yeah, I mean, I, I, liked, I liked it for a while. Uh, I just think it's really interesting. They said, I want someone to eat cheese with where whenever <laughs> I eat cheese, it's always alone because it makes me tired. So I eat it like a sleeping pill to go to bed and I intentionally eat it when no one's around. I'm a closet cheese eater. <laughs> I want to eat cheese with anyone. Like, get out of here. Get out of my house. You know, so, Goodbye. So you, you hide in the corner. You just... <laughs> I sit right here and then I melt bowls of cheese. That's what I did at the beginning of the pandemic and it calms you down. It's very calming. I got a little addicted to cheese, and you could tell. I saw some pictures like eight months later. I was like, "Oh shoot, I got an extra coating. I gotta stop." And I stopped. What kind of cheese? American, Swiss. Um, I like American. Definitely not Swiss. Like probably like Jack or Pepper Jack or Gouda or Colby or Munster. And you melt it. It melts a whole bowl of it, and just eat it. And then you feel all buzzy. It has queso morphine in it, which is like morphine. And you feel great, and it's like bye bye. And then I go to sleep right there. I just stumble ten feet back. <laughs> Look, good night. We here on the camp for the radio do not condone people going into cheese comas. <laughs> 
Yeah, whatever. I have an addictive personality. I mean, oh, so that's oh, a new I one for me. I like cheese. All right, so moving on to the, uh, so moving on to the not a sad news from the that's a lot of nuts department. The new Black Panther sequel has held on to the number one spot in the domestic box office, pulling in an additional $11.2 million in ticket sales in its fifth week of release, release beating out the new David Harbour slash John Leguizamo Christmas film, Violent Night, which came in at number two for a second week in a row with an additional $8 million. For those of you keeping track, the new Top Gun sequel is still the highest grossing film of 2022 with $700 $18 million, followed by a Doctor Strange sequel with $411 million, and the aforementioned Black Panther is still at number three, climbing up slowly with $410 million. So that means it might make number two. Um, Violent Night has moved up from 56 to 44. So it's possible that uh, Black Panther will be in number two. I doubt it did not get the, the buzz and the, and the generation to make it to the number, make it $718 million. But um, Puss in Boots 2 is still out there, and I think that might be a hit or miss, because uh, kids' movies, you never know with that. And then, of course, there's Avatar Part 2. So I've been asking this, uh, I've been talking about this for a couple uh, a couple months now. So, Louis, do you think that Avatar Part 2 will be the highest-grossing movie of uh, this year? It's a tough choice. I saw the uh, Wakanda movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, what'd you think? What'd you awesome. Think? Awesome. Wakanda, awesome. the second one? Yes. Yeah, he, what was your top three things you liked about it? I like the way they the beginning. Pl- well, I don't want to spoil it. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Uh, everybody's listening. I don't spoilers. I don't want to. I mean, the beginning when they played him off that he was dying, that the sister tried to help him, the DNA sequence part mm-hmm. in the beginning. Yeah, I like that. I liked um, the only thing I didn't like, which me and a friend was talking about this. In the first movie, they had these sophisticated, uh, let's call them UFOs. Okay. And they couldn't use that in the second film to defeat underwater people. And why would you take a sub? Why would you take a submarine to a water fight? I mean, that's that's the only fallback I had. I like you, you taking, you know, you taking a submarine to the middle of the ocean to fight these people when that's their the turf. <laughs> that, that's their turf. You know, and in the beginning, I like to think that um, God forgive me, but he died of COVID, because that's the way. That's the first thing that came to mind. It happened two years ago. You know, the same thing with COVID. It happened two years ago, two two and a half. And the way they played it off was like, okay, it's a possibility he died of COVID, or something. Because they didn't even say what he died of. So she's playing with all this genetic stuff, and maybe that. To me, I was like, it 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 touched, it touched on that. Nah, For me. Like- Jen did not like the movie. I'm under the impression, uh-huh. right? Am I correct with that assumption? <laughs> you are correct. Six hours of my life. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> well, you think door to door, you got a shower. I packed a little food and hot water. Picked up my boyfriend, drove there. You sit in. By the time I get home, it's six hours of investment. Uh, and, and I'll never get it back. So I'm quite... I'm not as heated anymore. The temperature has gone down, you know, but uh, I was, I was quite heated. And, and, and even before I got there, I said, I'm going to do a review on this because who, who is so self-indulgent thinking that anyone wants to sit through two hours and 40 minutes of their art, even asking someone to come see me for 20 minutes at a comedy show or even watch a movie of mine for 
an hour is a lot. Two hours and 40 minutes. Like, you better be doing something great. And you know what? There was nothing sexy. I did, I got two jokes, and they were terrible. I, I didn't get jokes, and I didn't get sexiness. And that's all I really look for, beauty. I like the water, though. Very beautiful. Wakanda's beautiful. I was, oh, wow. I mean, the visuals. But it's like yeah, visuals it, for a mute. It was filmed in PR. Yeah. 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 It, was it really? Yeah, so I mean, you know, the visuals were great, but you got to get you got to get lead Larry David uh, or someone to rewrite the whole thing because, I mean, the final scene was like, "My name is," and it's like that's what I'm supposed to be interested in. My my name is Paul. Wow, I'm so interested. Two hours and forty minutes. My name what? is. Uh. I'm curious. Let's take it back a little more. What did you think of Black Adam? I I, I didn't see it. Oh, there you go. okay. She no, she wasn't, no. it wasn't required watching. Well, this wasn't either, but my boyfriend got tickets, and then I was like, I'd even say yes. And I'm like, I'd even say yes, and I'm seeing a two-hour and 40-minute movie? Oh, God. And <laughs> then she got the tickets. I will say this. Yeah. I thought that Wakanda was more of a, a female empowerment movie. Like, there was I, there was I rarely it was disempowering. Any, any men. There was hardly any men in there. No, where's the men? At least give me, like, one strong man aside yeah. from Namor, who was kind of cool. He was, I, I liked him. Him, him, I liked him. But the women, I don't know. I mean, the main girl, Angela, Angela Bassett, right? She's beautiful. I, I mean, I, can't, I mean, her skin, her face, she's a gorgeous person. If she has a doctor who does anything on her face, I mean, that's the one takeaway from that. What, what a stunning woman. But I think it made women look bad because uh, they were kind of boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't hang out with any of these girls, but I'd like to, I'd hire them as a bodyguard if I had the money. I mean, if I have the money, uh, these girls could totally be my bodyguards. Like they got skills. Like I, I hand it to them for sure. Fair enough. So let's see. We can see if we can get this one bit. Um, wait, let me see if I can get this bit of uh, news in before we take our break. So moving on uh, from the. Department. Recently, none other than Sonic the Hedgehog creator Yuji Nakaka, wait, Naka, sorry, N A K A, Naka had been arrested for allegedly being involved in an insider trading scandal with other former Square Enix employees. That came out of him buying shares in the developer once he learned that he would be working on a mobile game with Dragon Quest Tact. After being released, turns out that Yuji was arrested a second time because once again he allegedly purchased shares of another developer prior to the announcement that they would be working on Final Fantasy VII, The First Soldier. According to prosecutors, uh, Yuji purchased 120,000 shares for 144.7 million yen, which is about $1.5 million U.S., uh, while fellow former Square Enix employees purchased 91,000 shares for 105 million yen, and his acquaintance purchased 10,000 shares for about 11 million yen. Uh, Naka reportedly made hundreds of millions of yen through these deals. Oh, How about that? You figure once you get caught for for doing that, you wouldn't do it again. And he goes off and he does it again. Well, I I was just talking to my dad and they were saying that 
once a cheater, always a cheater. That's what I think the research shows that someone who cheats in relationships is more likely to just keep cheating. And also, if you look at, is it Bob? Who's the guy who did Fire Festival? He's just the, he keeps on scamming and scamming. Yeah, Fire Festival. Uh, McFarlane, is that Bobby? I don't know who it is, but I know what you're talking about. That he has a credit card with the social media thing. Really? Yeah, he does credit card scams. He goes to jail. He has a scam. Fire festival. He has a scam. He was just recently trying to do some other crazy events. Uh, this is a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fire thing. Yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but recently, I want to say this year, I think he was trying to scam again. He was trying to do some other events and something celebrity related. So he's just, I think, you know, people who scam just keep scamming. Huh. What do you think, Lou? You think uh, he should have learned his lesson? <laughs> The first time? Or I, I know I would have. I know I would have. <laughs> and the handicaps in jail don't look cute. <laughs> mm. uh, all right. So moving on for this final bit of news. Let's see if we can do this one. From the Let's See How This One Goes department, NBC has announced that the Golden Globes are returning to their network in 2023. For those of you not paying attention or care for that matter, the award show conducted by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association had been taken off the air last year, and the winners were announced via Twitter in a non-televised event. This was due to the fact that the Hollywood, that Hollywood, the United States Hollywood, claimed that the Golden Globes voting members weren't diverse enough and participated in, quote, questionable financial practices. Now, the Golden Globes claims that they have added 103 new voters to its membership, to its existing 80 or so members, and that the voting poll, quote, is now 52% female, 51.5% racially and ethnically diverse, with 19.5% Latinx, 12% Asian, 10% Black, and 10% Middle Eastern, unquote. Um, Of note, the deal between NBC and the Globes is only for one year, and the last televised event, which was in 2021, was the lowest rated ever, in their 80-year history, averaging 1.5 uh, rating among adults 18 to 49 and 6.9 million viewers in total. Uh, the Golden Globes will air on Tuesday, January 10th at 8 p.m. on NBC. Now, we've uh, mentioned this many a times, and I found it interesting that they only had 80 members for an award show. Like, that is ludicrous to me that that's, they're making all this big noise about what, what 80 people think. So now they're upping it to a hundred and they add a hundred and some more people. That's still, is that the entire representative of representation of the entire world of these movies? I say no. What do you guys think? Uh, let's go. Uh, Jen, what do you think? I mean, I mean, frankly, I just don't care, but um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, in the fitness world, you know, I was into fitness competitions and then about 10 years ago, I'm like, this is just another human's opinion. What do I care? Uh, so and when it comes to reviews and Rotten Tomatoes, it's always the opposite of what I think. It's almost never on par with me. So maybe if, if, if I could clone myself and I could be the one judging, I would, you know, pay attention a little bit. But everything that wins is usually hyper boring. What do you think, Lou? I'm, I'm a little with, with uh, Jen. I, I, I don't listen to reviewers. I, I have to watch it myself. I have to see things for myself. I don't, uh, that, that's that person's opinion and it's not mine. Like the Wakanda thing, I liked it, she didn't. Yeah, it's all good. It's, yeah. it's nothing to get mad about or anything, it's just an opinion. 
No, you're supposed I'm to be glad mad, that you liked and you're it. supposed to cancel yeah. them, and you're supposed to do all that stuff. I'm yeah. glad you liked Wakanda, because this shows me that I can write a movie with a kind of boring script, and people might still like it. Look <laughs> at that. Terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I really so... hated the movie. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever see you in person, I'm running you over, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> I think... Uh... I, I, we always have a dubious relationship with award shows in general on our show. And I think that this one takes the cake because if last year nobody cared about it, they, 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 it was untelevised. The celebrities, nobody cared. They, they gave back awards because they weren't diverse enough for, you know, all of a sudden, like, it was just, like, this is a new thing. And now they're back and everybody's loving them again. And I was like, well, what happened? What was the big difference? Like, just get rid of them to begin with and go with somebody new if they're going to be following award shows. And as we said, the ratings weren't even that good. So people really don't even care that much about award shows in general. And the fact that it's just 200 people saying if a movie is good and then they get an award, it's like, oh, this means something. The only thing I would say that if it gets an award, as long as they get like a job out of it or some type of financial gain out of it, then it's worth it. But if they just get an award and I, I think it's, it's, it really is mind-boggling to me how, how this is working out with the um, with the Golden Globes. But we'll see what happens. I guess if the ratings aren't there, it'll probably go away until nothing uh, the following year. So with that, we're going to take our break, and we'll be right back with it came from the radio. Hey, everybody. This is Todd McFarlane of the record-setting Spawn comic series. And if you're looking for any kind of cool conversation about creators, about entertainment, about all that good stuff, you go to It Came From The Radio. You're listening to the right spot. This is Quentin Flynn, a popular voice actor known for Axel, come on, uh, and riding from the Metal Gear series. And you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Stick around. I'm Mike Kingston, the writer and creator of Headlocked. And I am WWE Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler. And guess what you're listening to? You're listening to It Came From The Radio! Hi, this is Amy Jo Johnson, writer-director from the film The Space Between, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Me Grimlock having fun on It Came From The Radio. Me Greg Berger also. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to It Came From Real, the officially Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking for our 63rd live show via virtually distanced, of course, which technically would be our last virtually distanced um, live show because starting next year in 2023, um, we'll be going back to live uh, courtesy of the East Middle Public Library. So you have to come down to the East Middle Public Library to see us live in person when we have our next guest. Um, but the East Middle Public Library has tons and tons and tons of other programming, most of which are free. So you got to go to www.eastmetal.info for more information. Um, I am here, virtually distanced, for the last time, with L-Man Jenny Feldy. Hello, hello. And we have in person. Special, yeah, in person. And we have our special guest who we were talking to us about, which is awesome. As I mentioned, he's here with us right now, right here, virtually distanced, is author and stand-up comedian Louis M. Cruz. Hello. So, Lou, um, you actually were a guest on our uh, one of the other virtual distance shows um, about like a year ago, maybe? A little more than a year mm, ago? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. why don't you uh, fill us in what you've been up to since then and now? Have you been working on your material? Have you been writing new stuff? 
Have you just been staring at the wall, contemplating mm-hmm. how awesome things are? No, I I, uh, I was writing a children's horror book that I think I mentioned back then that I was planning on writing it. I finished it. Um, I haven't written anything for comedy because I'm still a little afraid of COVID <laughs> in terms of going to do a live show. I would like to. I had a lot of fun doing that. But, um, yeah, just been writing. So was the COVID and the pandemic preventing the creative juices of the stand-up uh, material? Because what was no. the material based off of? No, it was it was just the um, the fact that a lot of places closed down that I was going to. You know, like Rodney's closed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there's one that I, I'm trying to get back into, the Broadway Comedy Club. Yeah, I like that. that. Yeah. I like doing that one. That one was cool. I did that one twice. And you, and you want to do it again? I want to. I want to. I, 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 I um, yeah. Yes, and I just want... need a booker to get you on the show. I, I, yeah. I know people that book that one. Yeah? Cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And I, I, it's I'm like looking, bringer stuff. <laughs> and I'm, lo- I'm looking into doing. Um, I would love to do voiceover. And I'm, I'm interested, or not voiceover as much, speaker gigs. I feel I have a, I have a story to tell, and it trends. It, it, it can go from people with disabilities to people with, out disabilities. Um, just the fact that I've, I was born the way I was, but. I do what I do without looking back, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, I'm trying to get into that. What's your plan to do the speaker gigs? You have a, a business wanna, plan for it? I want to do kids, not kids, um, maybe from 13 and up. Okay. And I want to, I want to hit the schools, you yeah. know, and, and I want to do the, the schools and the, the colleges. I, I, I really feel that, you know, like I said, I've, I've, I'm not supposed to be doing half the things I'm doing, and yet here I am doing them, you know, and, and it shouldn't, it doesn't stop me, and it definitely shouldn't stop them from believing in something they they want to do. Right, true. There's so many people. Well, what, what exactly are your limitations to anyone who's tuning in and doesn't really know you? What what, what I, are some things that you, you thought have, you were going to be limited, and what are your actual limits? Um. I'm going to be honest. I, I, I was supposed to last till I was three years old only. Oh, really? Okay. That's what they told my mother when I was born. And then they told her that due to my disability, that I, they should uh, amputate my arms and my legs because I wasn't going to amount to nothing. Wow. And yet here I am, a published writer, comic book writer, do stand-up comedy from a stand-up point of view. Mm-hmm. I do what I do. Yeah, and, uh, well, that's definitely you know, it, it's It's... Yeah, motivating. Yeah, it's it's something that I think kids nowadays with this pandemic thing, they've, I think they forgot how to interact. And have you seen it? You've seen a, a difference in interactions with kids. Yes, I used to work with children, and okay. I've seen during the pandemic. I was actually we were doing communications through phones, or the way this is done now through mm-hmm. virtual, and it wasn't cool. It, it, you could see a lot of them shutting down. You know, I, I, I and, and a lot of the problem now, like even when you go now and you see the kids, 
playing in the park now or anything. It's like it's like they're shy and quiet to themselves. Oh, they're not okay. really interacting am- amongst each other the way they used to. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just me looking too much into it. But I sit down and I observe things. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I mean, I'm more I'm more in tune to the adult population, not too much children. But I'm hearing that about children now. And yeah. I know for me, I've I feel like I lost some social skills. Like I have to work at it. Yeah, social skills. I think you can always get that back as an adult. Yeah, you can you get it back. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't think you forget. I think you just forget how to use it. How to? How right. to? Yeah. You don't really forget it. Forget it. You just gotta mingle again. Yeah, exactly. Go back into it. But it's like I don't know. I I feel like so many weird things have happened that, um, well, at least in my life. I mean, I've had parents that were sick with some illnesses and uh in addition to the pandemic and I just don't really I'm not inclined to sugarcoat as much or small talk I I've never been into it I'm more go right into direct talk but when you're meeting people you don't know to go right into real conversation can be a little awkward for people when I have such incredible disdain for for small talk and what's usually deemed as acceptable conversation i i I won't do it i i pretty much won't do fake conversation anymore i don't like fake i don't like nothing in fake i hate or small yeah like small talk stuff you know someone called some members people ask me about the weather i'm like are you really calling and asking me about the weather right now like i'll say that what are you you're asking me about this when they ask me how's the weather look out the window you can see the same thing i see (laughs) craziness but back to you so Okay, so you have uh, books for kids. What are some things that you offer uh, speaker-wise and also your written work? Speaker-wise, I think I have um, a lot to say that'll that'll grab their attention and make them think that, you know, if he did it and if he's doing it, what's preventing me from doing it? Gotcha. And in terms of my writing, I, I just like writing sci-fi and fantasy. Yeah. And, and a little explicit stuff. Ah, yes, but I can't talk about that here. Yes. Well, we could talk about it in a cozy way. Talk around it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, if you'd like, I could send you a copy of it. <laughs> I I was just looking at a copy that Mark sent. Oh. It's pretty cool. Oh, thank you. <laughs> let's yeah. just say, let's just say, there's a little bit of a risque book uh, that he has written. And at one point, he describes the woman, and he said she had long black hair, jet black hair, and he knew it was a weave, but he didn't care anyway. <laughs> so yeah. that is my, my next question. Do you care if a woman has a weave, or do you prefer to be natural? Natural. Natural's better? Natural's better. Yeah, but then she could leave the weave with you and leave it behind, and you can hug it when she's no. not there. No, 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 no. no. I, the only reason I added the weave is because the character that I used was, uh, I knew somebody like that. Oh, okay. So, Got it. So are all I these girls based on real? I don't, um, I don't kiss and tell, but I will write about it. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's yeah. kind of, that's kind of kissing and telling. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. So how do, how do these people land up in your book? Like, Well, that have- one in particular, she was, uh, she worked with me um she was the the person in charge of the food monitor for the program i worked with and um she was in charge of the food monitor and she would come at least three times a month two times a month and 
she was curious. About you? Uh, yeah. What, what were some things she was curious about? You really <laughs> just are trying to get in there. Yeah. <laughs> like the I, questions I told you, I don't, were, like, I don't like small talk. The, the questions that she asked, those were all real questions. Gotcha, 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 yes. gotcha. So where is she now? I have no idea. Oh, does she know that she's the star of your book? Nope. Oh, man, you got to tell her. Because if I was the star of someone's book, which, you know, I kind of am, I'd want to know. No, um, because I, I based it on two different people. But the questions were this one, but the actual things that happened was based on someone else. All right. Fair yeah. enough. All right. Well, well, we'll move away from the salacious okay. book that he wrote. But yeah. if you if you ever find comic books to be a little boring, a little sugarcoat, a little too Disney, like me, then... <laughs> He's written something that's a little more explicit. I think it's pretty interesting. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's a little more free. And then you have one that's like Halloween themed. It's, it's like a yeah. horror one. It's like a, a children's spooky book. Okay. So what's that one called? And what's that about? It's called Fright Center. Okay. And it's basically, again, using the center that I worked for. Um, the, every year we would throw a Halloween party there and... I decided to use that and have these five kids uh, go in and they discovered that a lot of spooky stuff happened. But the question is, they, they got to get over their fear and, you know, go all the way through to meet the, uh, for the director of the center who doesn't believe them of what happened. But at the end, when they go, when they go back to change into their Halloween costumes, they see the apparition that they've encountered once or twice during the story. And it tells them goodbye. See you next year. Now, do you ever see apparitions? Have you ever seen any ghosts? I would love to. Never have? No. Are you afraid of them? No. No. Interesting. Mm. A lot of times people like psychics and specialists in this area will say that you don't see ghosts because you're afraid of them or you tell them not to. So like a lot of times they won't show up if someone's afraid, supposedly. That's one of the theories. No. I like watching all that stuff. I just can't watch a horror movie, but mm-hmm. like documentaries and stuff, like I watch that. But scary movies, I don't watch. Because? I'm scared of scary movies. Like The Exorcist messed it up for me as a kid. My parents, took, my parents took me to see The Exorcist. I was like seven years old. And to this day, when that chick turns her head, I'm done. Really? I'm done. What else gets you? What else What else scares you in real life or in the movies? In real life, steps. Steps? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I'm in a wheelchair, so sure. steps is not sure. cool. Okay, okay. <laughs> you, should do a hard, you should do a book about that. A book about steps? Nah. Well, yeah. maybe. I, I like it. Maybe. I would like to do a book on, you know, the, um, you know, that, that, that thing that they do, the parents do with their kids, the uh, Santa elf, the elf mm-hmm. on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what if what if one was really haunted and decided to kill? Oh, okay. I like that. Like playing with the, the kid's psych mind or whatever. And everybody blames the kid, but it's not really the kid. Right. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. You're giving me ideas. I'm trying to think if I ever get accused of anything, I could just blame it on the elf. Yeah. Like I know someone for a fact throws mail out, which is a felony at a job that I sometimes work at. 
And I'm um, like, what if I ever get accused? I could just blame it on an elf. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. Well, I guess that's where siblings come in because you can blame stuff on your siblings, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have um, two younger brothers and we always blamed each other on certain things. We like what did you blame? What did you blame on them? My brother back in the day, I wasn't, uh, we weren't, my other, me and my other brother wasn't allowed to talk while my younger brother was playing a video game because he says that the talking distracted him. Are you kidding me? Wow. And he would lose. I think he just hated losing against the handicap. <laughs> so did you actually talk or did you actually follow the rule? I did it on purpose. No, I mean, it's talking. What do you want me to do? No, it's talking. No, that shouldn't distract you from playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. no. People talk all the time. I didn't know. Exactly. No. If the, your attention span is not that good, then that's you. That's not me. If you know you have... who you know who should uh play the game with with your brother? Dan Romano. Dan Romano and my dad. They both can't stop talking. We're on the way to shoot Camp Blood last weekend. I said, Dan, I write night before. I put it in writing. Bring headphones with you. Bring something to read, something to do. I'm going to be worrying my lives for the entire hour and a half. I think 14 times every about seven minutes he would start talking. He'd be like, hey, I'm going to do the show with this guy. I said. Damn, we'll talk later. Damn, we'll talk later. By the time I got to the shoot, it's like, imagine trying to learn lines and you have someone asking you questions every seven minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. That was when we were kids, though. We're growing up now. We don't do that. Yeah. But you you keep the youth alive through your creativity. I'm sorry? You keep the youth alive through your writing and creativity and humor. I, I like to think so, yeah. Yeah. So they always say that you write what you know. Um, I don't know. Well, yes, they do. They do say that. So since write uh, one of you, the books, you you said it was based on things that actually happened with other people. So when you do love the sci-fi, where do you get the inspiration from for that? Just a question. I ask myself a question and I let it go from there. Like. What would happen if the Roswell incident, what would happen if they came back a year, a hundred years from now and want to find out what happened? You know, did we kill their uh, their people or what? You know, and the questions keep developing and the answers keep coming. So at what point do you decide that's too far out of an idea or do you just like, just see where it goes? I see where it goes. Sci-fi, I write it for young teens, I guess. Not really kids, not really adults. It's in between. And I think that's the best time to grab a person's attention is in that that age group where they don't yet believe in it, but they don't disregard it either. They don't disbelief. Gotcha. Right, like adults are pretty closed off in a lot of ways. They say, oh, that never happened. And they have day-to-day life stuff to do so a lot of times I don't have time to read like me lately right like I I, I wrote a, a short story and I did it for my aunt which is basically what if Jesus Christ and Lucifer meet up 10 minutes after the world ended and they're having this, they're having this conversation back and forth it got picked up in England actually for an anthology Oh, very cool. Yeah, thank you. And it's it's basically, I I compare it to the whenever the Batman, Superman, they meet up and they have that back and forth banter. 
is like that because in one scene Jesus Christ appears and Lucifer sniffs at the end and goes, I see you're still wearing the same clothes from 2,000 years ago. Keep up with today's time because he's dressed in a suit and everything. Mm-hmm. Devil is the devil. And um, at the end of the story, Jesus tells him, you know, you'll never be able to touch humanity again. They've moved on to the stars. You know, Earth destroyed, they moved on to the stars. And the devil mm-hmm. goes, Lucifer goes, as long as they believe in you, they will always fear me. And they will bring me into existence. And that's where I left it. Do you believe in Lucifer and Jesus? Do you think that they exist or existed? I have to believe in it only because I was born on Christmas Day. Okay. So I was born up like even though I think the reindeers kicked the crap out the the box because I came out all jacked well, up. You don't but... have to believe in anything. <laughs> No, but I, I, I believe, but I don't talk to him. Okay, why not? I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. I think he's selfish. What, Jesus or Lucifer? <laughs> Jesus. Selfish, that's interesting. Okay, that's a take I've never heard. Let's explore that. Why is Jesus selfish? Because he takes and takes and takes and hardly ever gives anything back in terms of religion. Like what? What does he take? Like, everybody tells me you should be grateful for God because you're living here. Right. No, I'm grateful to me because I'm living here. Okay. Yeah, I follow that. Uh, right. He died for your sins. I wasn't there. Yeah, I, I relate to that. Yeah. That has nothing to do with me. And and then I also believe that everybody's God. Mm-hmm. Can you create life? Yes, you mm-hmm. can. Can you mm-hmm. take a life? Yes, you can. The only difference between you and God is that someone just like you will judge you and nobody judges him or her. Hmm. Well, I judge I, God. So they yeah. got someone that's judging him <laughs> or yeah, her. Yeah, but he doesn't, doesn't really, that doesn't, faze, that doesn't faze him. You go, yeah, you, have... you do a crime, you're going to go to court, you're going to get sentenced for it or whatever. He right. doesn't. He doesn't. Right. Maybe. So we know of. Maybe there's other dimensions where Maybe. things are going I, on. I also happen to think that with every passing century, he loses power. That's another interesting take I've never thought of. Every passing century, God or Jesus loses power? God, Jesus, both loses power. Wow. Because wow. why? Where is he in the earthquakes? Right? Where right. is he in the tornadoes? Yeah. Where is he? Yeah, that's the question I think many people ask. Like, if there's a God, why would these things happen, you know? Yeah, you know, he he, he created the world in six days, and on the seventh, he rested. That's a hell of an SSI check he's getting. And he, maybe he's taking some CBD, THC, and he's still resting. Social security is amazing. <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, it, it, I think, look, if you go back in time, if you had the capability of, to go back, during that time and you write with a pen you take a mm-hmm. note mm-hmm. they're gonna write female god appeared out of nowhere and wrote with blood from her fingers because the pen you use is red they don't know what a red pen is mm-hmm. it's all a matter of interpretation if i go back in time they're gonna write man in a chariot appeared out of nowhere and wrote mm-hmm. around they don't know what a wheelchair is right it's right well said interpretation. Right. sorry sorry why sorry? 
because no, like uh, I don't like interesting uh, yeah it's religion I'm sorry I, I mean I find it very interesting and you know religion is something that kind of escapes me because if I can't meet the author like we're talking to an author right now I wrote a guide book if I can't meet the author I have a hard time following the book sorry if I'm going to follow like a workout plan or a diet plan or any type of plan I want to know who's behind it Tony Robbins I I know some stuff about Tony Robbins I'm not going to repeat it on the radio but it's like you know you know a few things then you get insight into the work and then you can decide if you want to follow it or not but I don't know the writers of the bible and I know that's not a very uh thing that you can say but here's something else I have a problem with the bible it was written 300 years after Christ died so anything could have been said a story Mm -hmm. and I tried this experiment with my kids that I worked with start a secret with 22 kids in the beginning and by the time it mm-hmm. reaches, the end, by the time it reaches the end, that 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 secret changed. Right. It's no longer what you told him or her. Mm-hmm. It ends in a different way. I'm oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. It ends is that in a the, different is way. That the alarm? No, that's that's my phone ringing. Ah. <laughs> sorry. Well, yeah, if only we could conjure the writers, then maybe we. I would. I would actually. And then, go out and and look for and, more followers and then and then it's written it, it's written in a way that it has every genre it has horror it has zombie mm-hmm. it has sci-fi ezekiel alone is a sci-fi mm-hmm. you know it's it's just it has a little bit of everything of every genre in there so well, segueing from that because we're ah, yeah. at the social Sorry. media time so we have mm-hmm. to say, where can people find out more about you, your books, and where can they find and contact you? Mm. My books, um, they can be found at the uh, the sci-fi novel and a, and a vampire book that I wrote can be found at darkfirepress.com. Uh, and the horror book for kids can be found at Indie Planet. It'll be live soon. And you have a main website that goes like directly to you. Or you have like the Twitter. The no, I, I, you could reach me on Facebook and Instagram. You know, under my name and Twitter. But I don't. I don't can't maintain a, a website and keep going. My I would be stuck at home all day. <laughs> no. So I have a, a. So you mentioned that you were going to write a book when you were on last time, and then you wrote that book. Mm-hmm. Do you find that the pandemic helped or hindered? the creative process to make that book? Do you find that if there was not a pandemic, would it have been as easy or more difficult? Uh, no, it would have been more difficult because then you had to stay, I had to stay home and actually write these things down. Like I thought of three different titles and started writing the outline for three different titles while the pandemic was going on. I mean, I have a, a, a story I'm, I'm, I, I can write now because it's public domain. Uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. What if Jekyll was the mother, Hyde is her son, who was born with a disability, and she's a geneticist who has the capability of healing uh, people who are going to be born with a disability. But now he doesn't understand that. He injects himself with that serum, and he's transformed into a monster. Hmm. So we are almost out of time. So we've got about five minutes left. So we're going to have our final thoughts. So, Elman Jenny Felby, do you have a final thought for us? 
Well, I guess my final thought would be more of a question. Have you ever thought or wish that someone had a serum that can turn you uh, from disabled to able? I mean, you're pretty able, but that's the word. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, no, I don't. I'm happy and content being the way I am because if I was mm-hmm. physically normal, I'd probably be in trouble. In trouble? And, what would you do? And I probably wouldn't be uh, as creative. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, Lewis, you have any final thoughts for our show? No. Thank you for having me on. I think it's a great show. And, uh, Jen, please don't forget about me with the uh, bookers. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one in mind, specifically. Thank I you. really, I, I really enjoyed the stand-up. It was, uh, it was on the edge, which is, you know, kind of a good way to go. And uh, <laughs> you guys can go make sure you check out his uh, YouTube page. Uh, what's YouTube page name? It's the uh, comedy channel, Lewis Cruz Comedy Channel. And he has a couple of uh, uh, sets on there you can check out there. So mm-hmm. I think um, you want to book him for that as well. And I would love to see you do more stand-up. And I want to see your insights on between what you used to do and now that the whole pandemic happened. I want to see mm-hmm. your insights. So I want you to start writing more uh, stuff now. So that way when you are booked on the shows, you'll be ready to go. Thank you. So that about does it for this week on the Came From the Radio. And uh, for cool. our final virtually distance uh, live show, um, I want to thank the East Metal Public Library. That's www.eastmetal.info. Um, you can listen to our shows, which will be archived in a week or so. Uh, check us out on our YouTube page, which you're watching right now. It'll be awesome. Thank you very much. And also, I want to mention that next month, which I said next month, next year, January 2023, will be January the 11th. We'll be in person at the East Metal Public Library with actor and producer Patrick Devani or Devani, D-E-V-A-N-E-Y. Sorry if I'm pronouncing your name wrong, but that's what I usually do. Um, make sure you guys check out Lewis's stuff. His books are really cool. Um, he has a wide um, a range of things from the kids stuff to the adult stuff. And I think it's really interesting. And I wish you much continued success. And, and you are more than welcome to come down to the library and be a guest on our live show there as well. Um, so yeah. that is it for us for this week. Make sure you guys like, subscribe, do all that fun stuff. Make sure you check us out at the East Metal Public Live for our next live show and listen to our show every single week. So with that, we're going to see you next time. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.